Welcome to We Could All Use Some Therapy, the podcast hosted by two friends who also happen to be therapists. With over 30 years of combined experience, we'll discuss why people go to therapy, why they don't, and the systems they navigate. While our podcast is about therapy, it is in fact not your therapy. No information in this podcast should be considered a substitute for treatment. Please seek out a professional mental health provider for your own support. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Hi, Isabel. Hi, Jill. Hi, everyone. Uh, Nice to see your face. It is nice to see my face, isn't it? Happy New Year. (laughs) It's nice to see your face, too. Mm. Happy New Year. By the time this... By the time this plays, it will be New Year. It's not the New Year yet. The future is 2024. Only all of you know what will happen. (laughs) You have more knowledge than we do. (laughs) What therapeutic psychological trends will we be discussing? Good question. Mm -hmm. So we are going to talk today. We're going to just kind of banter as not really scientists, in fact, very much non-scientists. We are social scientists, but today we are just talky talk scientists because we wanted to talk about um, psychiatric medication and what that looks like in the therapy space and how that kind of is perceived because as we've talked about many times on the show, there is a ton of stigma behind receiving mental health care and then receiving and seeking out medication is one of those like big things that is um, can feel very monumentous to some people. So we wanted to bust open the stigma, kind of see how we feel about it and um, yeah, and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, I think my my feelings about medication has changed probably a few mm-hmm. times over the years. And then thinking about it as someone um as a as a provider and as a a client mm-hmm. is also interesting being on both sides of it. Um yeah, I, I definitely used to have a lot of uh I used to buy into all the stigma about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I think on both sides. And it's interesting to think about depending where you work. So when I first worked, uh, my first jobs were working in hospitals. Mm -hmm. And so I think you work a lot more closely with prescribers and you are a little bit more familiarized with medication, the different kinds and the impact and who should take it and who shouldn't and the impact it has. Uh, and then I went to the school and it's it's completely different. I mean, you'll have kids you work with on medication that you don't even know that they're on medication. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not as in close communication with their providers usually. You, know, you try to be. Um, but it, yeah, it's it's not something that comes up. It's not generally something that, something that would be part of like my treatment plan with a kid. Um and now being in private practice, I work a lot more closely with it again. So, uh, yeah, that's been interesting. Yeah, I agree. I have, my perspective has shifted a lot and it does sort of depend on where you work in like the, if you're in the therapy space, it, it can make a big difference where you work, 
you know, the people that you're around being in a hospital versus being at an organization, private practice, a school. And, um, and then just the trends, right? I mean, oh, I just realized something. A trend? This is kind of not really, but kind of a side note. Isabel, do you remember the month that we met? October? It was December 2003. Are Happy you anniversary. When did you realize that? <laughs> I thought about that a couple of months ago. I was like, oh, when we record, sorry, y'all, this is December. I know we're releasing this in the new year, but this this is our 20th anniversary of knowing each other. What? That is, is crazy. She has the surprised emoji face right now. <laughs> oh my God. 20 years to the month. I know. What did you get I, me? Oh, it's in the mail. It was- <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. I know. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. That was such a side note. But when I was reflecting on like, I've been doing this for 20 years. I'm like, oh, <gasps> Isabel 20 years ago. I don't feel like that. we're that old. No, we're so young. We're babies. I can't believe you remember the month. Yeah. Yeah. Because I had such a, okay, well, this is very much of a side note now, this but yeah, I had some medication. It, it is. I had such a weird, like experience that first year of work I just have these like like very specific memories and yeah yeah so anyway isn't that wild yeah nice to know you for 20 years my friend yes it is okay so anyway um reflecting on the arc of my career um but I used to kind of have no opinion on medication it was just felt very far away from me Um, and then I think I developed a very strong, like opinion against medication, like it's overprescribed and, you know, if people really, 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 really need it, then fine. But people really should try without it for a while. And I've definitely kind of shifted into a a place of like, not making any assumption about what people want or need and um, being very much of the, you know, still like it depends on what, what people need, but like being very um, much less biased as to like what business of it is of mine, what people put in their bodies and how, I don't know how they feel. It depends on the client so much and what they need. I shouldn't judge what they put in their body. Right. Yeah, I I think I've also had that had that internal battle when I'm meeting with a client to di- especially earlier on um doing therapy uh that internal battle of like what's my I don't know what's what's my right to bring up what's my right to not bring up um I guess it's just about like really investigating my own internal kind of stigma and ideas mm-hmm. about medication. Otherwise that's impacting, right? Like the for the periods of time that I was kind of, I don't want to say I was ever anti-medication, but I think along the lines of what you were just saying is like, there are other things to try first. Mm-hmm. So that would stop me from mentioning it to a client. And then is that fair, right? Yeah. If it's even something I'm thinking about, then isn't it something that I should be open to talking about or bringing up? 
to see what they think. Otherwise, I'm 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 denying them access maybe to something that might be helpful. But I feel very, very conscious of bringing it up and the client feeling like I might be pushing it. So mm-hmm. I'm very careful, probably even too careful, because I'm so afraid of a client thinking that I'm like pushing them to take medication. Mm-hmm. That's also my own stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's something to the fact that there's this thought that it's too quickly prescribed. So, okay, I, you know, have been going through some difficult feeling. So for example, this was probably five years ago, I went to my doctor and had said something like, I've been just feeling more, you know, upset than usual. I was not seeing a therapist then. Um, more upset than usual, felt like I was just nervous about a lot of things and it wasn't such a huge deal, but just, you know, he had asked about my mood and I said that it had, you know, kind of probably felt more anxious than usual. And, um, but it wasn't really interfering with my life that much. And he asked me if I wanted anti-anxiety meds. And my first thought was, wow, that was fast. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And, um, and it wasn't in any inappropriate way. He was just sort of exploring that with me. And I said, I think that I just probably need to go to yoga more and start meditating on a more regular basis. I don't think I'm at medication phase, but I'll, I'll let you know if that changes. And I do remember being like, that would have been really easy to just get on medication. And I think even at that time, I was like, that was too easy. I wouldn't actually want to be offered medication that quickly. But then I think back on it now and I'm not really sure why I had that reaction. And I, there's still this internal battle. I think that I, that I have with myself. Um, And I'm not even really sure why, because I will say to people, if, if you were diagnosed with an allergy, you would seek treatment for it. If you were diagnosed with something with chronic pain and you were to take medication to help, like you wouldn't be like, no, that's against my principles. Um, I mean, I guess some people would, but it's much less common, you know, for any other ailment, whether it's temporary or permanent, you you would likely be much more, um, compelled to explore the medication as opposed to um i've been feeling sad for the past you know three months and i can't move through it and um you know medication is now becoming a conversation people i i I get the sense that people are more resistant to that sort of thing i agree with you in terms of stigma that there's the stigma piece that like, yes, it makes, it's, it's logical. It's like a, a, not even a question whether or not you would take medication for like high blood pressure. Well, mm-hmm. actually maybe I take that back now, high blood pressure, uh, maybe like diabetes, asthma. Um, I think the part where I disagree is, is something like anxiety. You could try talk therapy first right? You can't talk yourself out of diabetes. You could do some pre-work to um, like 
heart medication, if it's like high blood pressure and, you know, first you can try to like change your diet and get more exercise, whatever mm -hmm. the stuff the doctor says first. But I guess that made me wonder, did your doctor ask if you, um, were in therapy? No. Or recommend no. it? No, that, that was interesting to me too. No. Cause it, it is a good point about, cause there are other things that can be done. Uh, but no, he didn't ask if I had a therapist or what I did to cope or anything. He just asked me if I wanted medication. Which, and I was like, hmm. Yeah, which makes me think about this, the what we talked about with the Stutz episode a little bit of like some providers who, um, and I, I not to say that this is what Stutz was, but this is the conversation that we talked about is, are there providers out there who are putting first their own eagerness to help people feel better. So mm -hmm. like for me, it would, as a provider, it would be easier and faster if I could just get you to get on medication and then you'll feel better. And then, you know, great. I fixed you. Mm -hmm. I think the longer and harder work is to try and, you know, not talk therapy can't get you out of all depression and anxiety, or that's not even all the medications that there are, right. That's just what we're talking about right now. But I don't know. I guess that's something and maybe I'm I'm starting to ramble now. But uh <laughs> I even sometimes think about like uh other kind other diagnoses that people get prescribed medication for. I think there's more of a spectrum than than people talk about. I think that talk therapy can do more than people think. Sure. No, I I, I think so. I think that some people some people absolutely will never go on psychotropic medication, no matter what. Some people will go very quickly. And then some people will try the talk therapy um, and then it's not helping and then go on medication. Or sometimes it'll just be a combination of all of those things. And um, I think the, I think just the difference that I've seen is that I, like I said, I used to have such an opinion on it. And now I feel like I'm actually truly believing in the case by case piece of it. I think before I used to say like, oh, it depends on the person, but I didn't really believe that. I was just like, yeah, you should try everything possible under the sun before you go on medication as only your last resort. But you know, you do you, whatever works for you. I, I think that I actually really mean it now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just because you've seen, you know, you see such a broad spectrum of things that happen. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so I, it's such a personal, it's such a personal choice. Um, and I also do see a lot of like, a lot of misinformation. Is it misinformation or disinformation? It's definitely not both. disinformation. Okay. So someone said that to me and I was like, I think that's wrong. You were right. <laughs> There's no disinformation. There's I know. misinformation. That's what I thought. And someone said disinformation. And I'm like, I don't think that's real. <laughs> okay. Anyway, wrong information. <laughs> uh, I, ha I was having a conversation with someone about medication and they're like, oh yeah, these medications, people are on them for years and years and years. And it's just really bad for you to be on medication for that long. Like it's only supposed to be temporary and you cannot be on these medications for years and years and years. And I'm sitting there and oh, someone's just making stuff up. How funny. 
it's a lot of disinformation right um um and so and i'm sitting there thinking and i wasn't in a position to correct them but so i have i have partial nocturnal it's called partial nocturnal epilepsy and whenever you have like any kind of seizure disorder the medication that you take because it's neurologically for your brain are almost are are similar to psychotropic medication so like what people might take for epilepsy somebody also takes for um if they have bipolar disorder or depression anxiety those type of things so i have basically been on an anti-anxiety medication for 30 years um and i take it for different reasons but that has those pills have been in my bathroom and probably will for the rest of my life because they work really well and i don't have any side effects and I had two children on them and everything is fine. And and I just remember, oh yes, you cannot take those medications for longer than just a few years. They're very bad for you. And I'm like, "Mm, okay. (laughs) So there's just so much, you know, so much chit chat and so much of it is not true. So it's just important to talk to your doctor, not lady in the office. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it is important to get your information from a trusted source and to, to also everyone's different. Everyone has a different reaction to everything. Yeah. I think the, I, I hit a period recently where I was struggling with it. It's not something I, I was on antidepressants for maybe like a year when I was in grad school. Um, Mm -hmm. and I don't even really remember that much about the experience, but I remember being resistant to the idea of it and kind of like, negotiating with my therapist I was like okay I'll do it for a year and then I'm going off no matter what's happening which is such a weird way to start medication but that was Mm -hmm. how I opted in I was like we're setting boundaries on this and I honestly don't remember how helpful it was or what happened but uh can you hear that siren yeah isn't that fun it's okay it just places you in the city so people know um do you hear that sound? No. It's the sound of nothing. I was going to say what sound happens in, in, in the suburbs in the suburbs of San Francisco. <laughs> um, uh, and then recently, I, I obviously have talked about this before. I'm in therapy and uh, I went to my regular doctor, my primary, primary care doctor for my annual a couple months ago. And I, I love her. And I have been seeing her forever, like over, I don't know, maybe like 15 years I've been seeing her. Mm. And uh, she was asking me questions, asking me how I'm doing. She knows obviously about all the medical stuff I've been dealing with. And she was just checking in about like my kind of headspace, my kind of like ADLs, my activities of daily living. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. And I told her everything about how I was doing. And she was like, you are depressed. I was like, oh, yeah, no, I know. A lot going on. She's like, no, you're depressed. (laughs) Uh, You're not doing great. And I was like, you know what? You're right. You're like, you're depressed. (laughs) You're not doing great. I think I knew I was depressed, but I hadn't like taken a step back to see like what, Mm -hmm. what big picture, what was happening. And she was like, uh, are you, do you, are you still going to therapy? And I was like, yeah, she was like, okay, well, would you consider 
medication. She was like, I'm not pushing it by any means, but you know, you might want to consider. And my immediate thing was like, that. I was like, uh, I pretended to be receptive, but inside my body was like, heck no, I'm not. Mm -hmm. There's no way I'm not doing it. Um, and we talked about it a little bit more and she wrote the prescription so that I would have it in case I decided to, to take it. And I did end up taking it, but the battle I had, and it's been helpful. I've been on it for like eight weeks now and it's yeah. made a huge difference. Um, I think the battle that I had with it was I felt entitled to my depression. Mm. I felt like I deserved it because of all the stuff I've been through. So it's kind of like, of course I'm depressed. How could mm -hmm. I not be yeah. after the year that I've had? And so there's that part of me that is very exhausted and sad and just like overwhelmed. And if I'm taking medication, then I'm basically telling her to shut up. <laughs> right? Like get your sadness out of here. We're going to like pretend to be happy and you stop complaining. And mm -hmm. that didn't feel good. Um, I think I'm still struggling with that, but I, I, I don't regret that I'm taking them because I do feel like they've helped. That's so interesting what you said about, like, I feel like I deserve my depression for mm -hmm. everything that you've been through. It's kind of, it's like when you really feel like crap and you take your temperature and you don't have one, you're like, I feel like I deserve a fever <laughs> after feeling this way. <laughs> Sorry if that was a bad response, but um, that's, a, that's really interesting. And also interesting about how you kind of almost wanted to honor your depression like, no, I'm not trying to deny you and ignore you. Um, I'm not trying to just stomp you out. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I think the other thing is I'm I'm not, I don't typically take medication. Like if I, if I have a headache, it has to be really bad for me to take something because then I, or actually a better example is if I have a cold, I don't ever want to take stuff to suppress the symptoms because then I don't know when I feel better. Yeah. And the yeah. same thing with the depression. I think part of knowing that I was depressed was knowing that there will be an end to the medical saga and then I'll feel better. But if I'm on antidepressants, I won't go through that period where I start to feel myself mm -hmm. come out of it, mm -hmm. which I think I really want to be able to feel. Um, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was talking to a friend of mine and she she didn't want to go back on her antidepressants because she had been on them previously and she just was feeling really awful about a series of things and she's like you know what nobody wins a prize for not taking medication <laughs> mm -hmm. and you do also have the power to go off of it and have that choice um not always easy decisions, but you know, there, this isn't a, a lifelong prison sentence. <laughs> you can, you can, you can figure out ways to taper off if you want to um, kind of be able to assess what depression feels like with and without, and then when circumstances change. Um, That's true. So yeah, you know, you work with your doctor to see what works and you work with, you know, you do do a gradual little by little and see how things see how things feel and how that feels in the context of what's going on in your life right now. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, 
Yeah. Great thoughts. Thank you. Yeah. 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 I, I feel like um, the other part of it, I mean, I'm sure we've both heard people like the conversation about um, creatives taking medication and mm. being afraid of losing their creativity or actually like losing their, like losing access to their creativity. Um, and I think, I, I I guess this is maybe some version of that. I felt like when I was starting the antidepressant, when I started to feel them kick in, I was feeling less emotionally in tune with my clients. No. Oh, which is super new for me. I mean, I like lead with my feelings. I mean, my feelings walk into the room before my body gets there. I just mm -hmm. like, I, yes. So it was very strange to sit there and, and feel like an emptiness or like an mm -hmm. absence of that was really strange. Um, I don't know. I definitely was like overthinking the whole medication thing, but that was something I, I felt like might've been happening. Yeah. Do you feel like it sort of turned down your, um, I don't want to say turn down your empathy because you're still very empathic, but did it sort of turn down like your ability to feel the things they were feeling so intensely? Yeah. I think that's yeah. what it, that is what it was. That's the thing that it changed. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. It doesn't feel great. It doesn't feel great, but I also think that there are a lot of therapists who are, I mean, I think to be a therapist, you, you know, you need to have <laughs> a certain level of empathy and being able to relate to people um, on that level. Mm -hmm. And I think there are also very successful therapists that operate very much on a practical level of assessing what the uh, the client is bringing to you and what you can do to create insight. And so I think it's also just a, a like a shift in, a shift in style maybe yeah that maybe other people utilize already. I think that makes sense. I also have to imagine that there's another side of the coin, right? There's the side of the coin where I'm so empathetic. I'm like so feeling so emotionally in tune with my clients. There's probably the other side of that where it's like, maybe I'm feeling too much. Right. Um, and that might not be good for anybody. So right. maybe it's helping me find a little bit of balance right now. Mm -hmm. I think the, the question that we had sort of were pondering is what is it changing about you, which is sort of what you were getting into. Mm -hmm. So with, you know, and working with, with teenagers, I have a lot of conversations with parents about who they're like, we absolutely are not doing medication ever. Like it is a, it's off the table, you know, also sometimes families who are even hesitant to, to buy into talk therapy, mm -hmm. but medication is completely off the table. And then other people who will try medication, but are extremely squeamish and almost like shameful about it and um feeling really embarrassed like they've failed as parents somehow and then we have our parents who are practical about it and be like this is what they need right now and this is what we're gonna we're gonna support but you know the question 
that, you know, we'll have is, well, what is it that you are looking to change? Like you, your kid, what is it that you want to change? And then we'll kind of work backwards from there. And sometimes you get in a spot where all of the talk therapy in the world just isn't going to shift the thing that they need to shift. And a lot of people try talk therapy and for so many people, it is incredibly helpful, but there is a group of people where it, it's just, it's not enough. It is helpful, but it's not quite enough. And in order to engage in their therapy more, they need to be able to have that part of their brain being, um, addressed Mm -hmm. so that you can actually move through the work better. And then maybe you kind of titrate but I try to figure out like, what is it exactly that, that you're looking to change? Yeah. I think that's how I usually explain it to clients is to, to me, it's lifting a little bit of the weight so that you can do the work, which is mm-hmm. what you were saying. And I think that's just a different way to look at it. Cause then you're not looking at it as like the medication is the thing that's fixing me. It's right. just an aid. Because mm-hmm. talk therapy is it's work. Therapy is work. It is not like show up and expect your therapist to do it to you. It's it's work. Yeah, it, I think what you said before, it's a very personal decision. And there's something really empowering about that and something really infuriating about that mm-hmm. at the same time. Um, but I think it's important to to trust your care providers, you know, whether it's your your doctor your psychiatrist or nurse practitioner, your therapist. I think it's important to have an open conversation and to have the space to to think through and talk through all your kind of internalized stigma and, and, and all the thoughts you have and the fears you have. I The thing that kind of makes me cringe, or it just makes me cringe, I don't care. It, um, <laughs> when doctors prescribe medication to people who are not in therapy, Mm-hmm. and are never in therapy and then just like continue to get the medication. Yep. I want to say we, we've said this before. Therapy can look like anything. Everyone is entitled to their individual kind of uh, indi- individualized treatment. Whatever works for you works for you. As long as you're doing something that's great still, I just don't like it. So for some people, there's a very specific reason why they take medication therapy is actually not necessary there are some cases that i have seen like that and it's almost more like something genetic or medical is happening or 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 something there are some subsets of that but for the for the majority of people you're you're not exploring the why if you're not also talking to a therapist or even checking in with your psychiatrist like every month or every you know every other you know week or something like that because something is clearly happening that you're needing assistance help you need help coping with it's almost like kind of having to work on your why and i've also seen in kind of related to that people not trust i there's an aspect of people not trusting pharmaceutical companies um that you know the the companies are taking them to the doctors and the doctors are like oh you should take this medication because the sales rep was just in the office mm-hmm. i've heard that whole thing with people not wanting to take medication because they don't trust the that whole 
oil industry, which is also interesting. They do real, they do really work well for a lot of people. Yeah. And I definitely really help. There are people who are just not going to go to therapy. So if they can get medication and feel better, absolutely. That is very important. Uh, I guess I wish it's not that everyone has to be on medication and take therapy. Uh, it's that I wish that there was less stigma or I wish it was easier for people to be receptive to therapy because I think therapy in combination with any medication, even if it's not mental health related, like anything, any kind of, we talked about medical stuff and health issues. It's no joke. I also have been noticing maybe this is, you know, this is sort of new, but I have been noticing a huge push on the internet for, um, anti-anxiety, anti-depressants, um, without even really seeing a doctor. Yeah. So like hers, hers. Yeah. Her. Yeah. I got like, I do rent the runway and I have like, I got like, a, I got an anti-anxiety med with my packet now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) they sent me some, no, they sent me a flyer <laughs> about, and there's like, you know, Anna on my flyer, Kristen Bell is there. <laughs> She's a spokesperson. And, you know, her thing is we want to eliminate anxiety or eliminate anxiety. Yes. Eliminate stigma for taking medication, which I'm absolutely all for. And you basically have this like Zoom call with someone and you go do everything online I don't know. Maybe I'm just old, but I feel like there's, I feel like there's some risk in that, like making it too easy. I'm not sure you're getting it in the right. I don't know. See, here I am go with my opinions again, but I don't know. That to me feels a little, feels a little dishonest and feels a little bit not like we're, we're not looking out for the good of the client. We're just trying to build our brand that I don't love. Yeah. Um, sometimes our opinions are all we have my friend <laughs> I'm with you and also you know you're a parent when you see Kristen Bell and call her Anna that's right that's Um, right. I, uh, I, I agree so in the group practice I work at um, all the prescribers the first the intake has to be in person and then after mm-hmm. that it can be virtual um, and that I think is different but even on the HERS commercials it doesn't look like a Zoom. They show these women texting with someone. Mm-hmm, and I, mm-hmm. I, I imagine there is a Zoom. I would hope there would be some kind of face-to-face. But yeah, I don't want anyone. It just that feels that feels super tricky. So I've, I've looked on the HERS website before because I was curious. And their product are anti-anxiety meds. And then they have um, hair care and weight loss like all the things that are important to women (laughs) don't be fat and don't have thinning hair and don't be crazy if you take if you subscribe to us you will be thin have beautiful hair and not be crazy and you'll be compliant it's (laughs) it's just like the message that this sends, I have such a problem with it. And then they have, well, I would say his, but it's him's. I don't know if I, am I doing this right? But anyway, so the, the, 
male counterpart to hers, their main thing is erectile dysfunction. So <laughs> women don't be crazy and men make don't sure that, yeah, don't make sure your erection's all good. And then also hair loss and anxiety, depression and weight loss and early climax. So these are the important things in our society. <laughs> It's just so weird. It's not great. I can't. But the website is very fancy. Their marketing is amazing. They're all over social media. So yeah. So here's where we are. Gross. I want to go back to cave people. Maybe a little after that. Just grunting a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Pointing at the fire. (laughs) Well, on that note, <laughs> I think we've gone through the full arc of medication. We have. Um, I'm sure there's lots more. And, you know, if we said anything that uh, you disagree with or that you didn't like or that you did like, let us know. Feedback yeah. is important. We like feedback. We do. We'll see you next time. Yeah. Take Thank you for listening to this episode of We Could All Use Some Therapy. We hope that you found some of the content relevant and uh, we'd love to hear from you. So if you have any thoughts or ideas you want to share with us, feel free to email us at therapy at gmail.com. The longest email address in existence. We would love to hear from you and uh, use your questions and thoughts for future episodes. Hope to see you again soon. Bye.